Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. This week, we're going to be talking about the new year and all the exciting things that await us in 2021. I love this because it's been a hell of a year for all of us. And some, if we look back to like the beginning last January, the wildfires in Australia, but it brought people together knitting those crocheting, you and your girls, you crocheted those little nests for the baby birds. I remember this. So even though we've had so many trials and so many losses and so many things that have tipped us all upside down, we've made it, we're getting on the other side of it, and it's time for new energy to come in. And I think this transition that we've all been experiencing is a step towards unity, is a step towards coming together on a global level to truly uh, bring humanity into a new light. And I think that's going to happen, or at least start to happen in the new year. We have this grand conjunction waiting to greet us. That's a fancy term that simply means two planets are meeting up for like a cup of tea. But this <laughs> grand conjunction does feel, well, kind of grand. It'll be the first time Jupiter and Saturn meet in Aquarius since the 1400s. Could it be we're entering the age of Aquarius? Could it be that humanity is finally coming together? Okay, so if you listen to that song, The Age of Aquarius from the 60s, oh my goodness, it's pretty appropriate, isn't it? It really is. And it makes you think, could this actually be happening? I just think we're trying. We're trying to have this happen. We're trying to shift. There's people are awake, and, and I don't like that term waking up. And my kids will joke and they'll say, Are you woke yet? And we'll laugh. But I, I just really think it's. It's time. It's time for this new energy that's coming in. Yes, it definitely is. We are ready for this shift. Now, Saturn will remain here for three years, while Jupiter will leave the party after just one year. I think history is always our best teacher. So let's hop in the time machine and look at what was going on the last time these two planets met up more than 600 years ago. Did anything exciting or wonderful or important occur what's that oh the renaissance that's right that period that ended the dark ages and the time of plagues the period of history where we actually started to value humans the arts the education so isn't that exciting the last time we had this grand conjunction we experienced the renaissance wow that's really poignant because it it aligns beautifully it's almost like we're just putting this template over that time frame and saying, okay, let's hit the reset button. Yeah, let's try this again and let's do it even better. So these two planets are going to be visiting Aquarius together for a year. Aquarius is focused on inclusion and diversity. Aquarius is wise and kind, a true team player. So we should see innovations in technology, more coming together and greater technological advancements. With the Pluto-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn that we experienced starting in 2020, and now this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, many are starting to wonder if we'll see our economic system completely change to allow for free energy or more systems that support the whole rather than the 1%. So this is really big stuff. It really is. And as difficult as some of the things that have been that we've gotten through over these past, this past year and even further back, 
if you look at it with a different perspective, they've been beautiful stepping stones towards this. The, the economic division, people saying, this isn't fair. We need to bring more balance and equity into, and, and it's not, this is global. This isn't just the states. This isn't just one country or another. This is happening on a global level, which I think is very indicative of new beginnings and change. And the technology stuff is fascinating. It really is. One of my sons has a 3D printer and it, he does all these really cool things with it. And he was saying how they're, they're saying that eventually those will be like a household appliance and people will have them and they'll just produce a lot of their own stuff. And it made me start thinking about how many, even in the, you know, the technology and how it's advanced at light speed over these last several years and being aware of it and conscious of it, but, but not letting it run who we are. I heard someone in line one day, they were in front of me in line and it was a younger person. And they said, wow, I would love it if we all just got chipped, it, like microchipped. And part of me on the inside was like, what in God's name are you thinking? Why would you want to have a chip put in you? That's a potential. Oh, that's not a potential for me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not either. But I just think that the technology, it can be such beautiful, incredible growth and, and help us on our path. But to, to be conscious of what's actually going on is important. These 3D printers really make me feel ignorant. So are you saying that one day when my oven breaks, I can type in KitchenAid Viking oven and it'll pop out of a printer? It's fascinating what those machines can do. And in some places, they're using them to build you know, structures. They're using them to be, you, and there's different materials you use in resin or plastics or whatever but it's really cool to watch how it can pretty much make anything. And you, but, you run a file into it and it will magically develop right in front of your eyes. That is fascinating. All right. So let's, let's look at these conjunctions uh, separately. The last time Saturn visited Aquarius for her cosmic cup of tea, we saw the end of apartheid in Africa and the beginning of the internet. So I think you're right on cue there, Denise, with your hopes for technological innovations. The last mm -hmm. time Jupiter popped in to visit Aquarius, we saw Obama being elected and a new way of looking at money thanks to Bitcoin. So lots oh. of big innovations the last time these two planets on their own visited Aquarius. You know, we had our first ever um, African-American elected president. We had... This Bitcoin, I mean, that that is another thing I'm trying to wrap my head around along with the 3D printer. I think it's so cool. And a lot of people who are into Bitcoin are saying that it will revolutionize the way we interact with money. Okay, so that's already happening, though. If you think about uh, people are paying with everything with their phones. They're not using cash. We're becoming a cashless society. And it's all trackable. But it, it, And just think about Venmo. That's relatively new, isn't it? I feel yeah. old when I said that. But this transfer of money from one account to another, there's there's no physical exchange, and and that's also this virtual economic 
potential that we're all leading towards. Yeah. And it's, it's all coming. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what you can do is look back to your own life for clues as to how these two planets and Aquarius will affect you. So think about what was going on in your life between 1991 and 1993 and what was going on in your life between 2009 and 2010. And that should give you some snippets of insight into what's coming up for you in 2021. I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. 91, one of my sons was born, Ooh, but also my father passed. So, yeah. I, I mean, it, and 91 to 93 was a really one, one of those little fr flash frames of my life that I look back on. It's like, wow, because it was a, a lot jammed in. Same thing with 2009 to 2010. How about you? Really, really happy times for me. Good. Yeah. 91 to 93, I was in college. I mean, how can you not be happy in college? That was the best years. And 2009 to 2010, just really happy stuff going on in my family. So hopefully, you know, these will be good things for us coming up. We all need a good year. Mm -hmm. Now, throughout 2020, we saw Mercury and Venus retrograding a lot, which causes delays, friction, and arguments in our personal relationships. But in June of 2021, we're going to see Venus and Mercury joining forces in Leo, which will lead to harmony, peace, and understanding in our relationships on a personal and global scale. Oh, that's hopeful. Yeah. I felt that Mercury's Venus retrograde confliction stuff all year, didn't you? Like, I'd have all these great ideas and write them all down, and I'm going to do A, B, and C today. And then I'd sit down to start on the first thing, and I would get interruption after interruption after interruption. It's interesting about the, the part in there about friction and arguments and personal relationships, because that's been another part of 2020 is really revisiting, re-examining relationships in our lives and, and making some choices. Are they healthy? Are they beneficial for everyone involved? And it kind of aligns very strongly with, with that, those retrogrades. Yeah. It, and now we'll see them getting along in 2021. Oh, that's wonderful. So we've got some big eclipses coming up too. We started seeing the Gemini Sagittarius eclipses in May of this year, and we'll continue to experience them until January of 2022. Eclipses in Gemini challenge us to be more curious, to broaden our beliefs and alter our judgments and opinions. Eclipses in Sagittarius invite us to dream bigger and better and to use our scope of imagination to make this world a better place. Putting those two together really does go back to it's time for innovation it's time for change it's time for shift it's time for acceptance because that's what they're both saying yeah is open up open your heart open your mind be be ready for something bigger and better to come in it's so exciting so i mean not every year is perfect and not every year is all bad but it does feel like we're shifting into something lighter and one thing that this year has taught us beautifully is that we can reach out and help each other. And I know that sounds Pollyanna and altruistic, but there have been countless times where people have come together to say, I've got your back or what can I do to help? Or it's been 
um, blessings, curses, whatever we want to look at it as, but it has been a time of saying we need each other. We need each other to move forward. I agree. Now, let's shift and look at the numerology of 2021. So we're leaving a a world year of four, because two plus two is four, and we're moving into a world year of five energy. If you add two plus zero plus two plus one, you get five. Pythagoras taught that five symbolized life, because out of the union of the first even number two and the first odd number three, we get the number five. It's also considered a number of love because the five-pointed star or pentagram is associated with Venus, the planet of love. A human placed in a circle with outstretched arms symbolizes this five-pointed star, which is another reason this number is connected to the life force. In Tarot, the fifth key card is the Hierophant, which represents the spiritual teacher and healer. It's a card that represents knowing when to follow the rules, maintain the status quo, and when to challenge these rules and break free from them. The Hierophant is happy to follow the rules or teach others in the ways of life as long as the rules are healthy, happy, and harmonious. But if these rules are harming society, the Hierophant will rebel and encourage others to break free as well. I often call the energy of this card the rebel with a cause. The energy will highlight aspects this year where we will be given opportunities to throw away the rules and create our own. And, you know, Denise, I'd love to hear your own reflections on the Hierophant, but before I lose my thought, I just want to say that is something positive that I think will come out of 2020. We are interacting with our work schedules in a whole new way. I mean, Microsoft has said to their employees, you don't ever have to come back. You can work from home forever. And a lot of newspapers around the world are doing that. So people are going to have a lot more freedom. Can you imagine when you were a young mother, if you had the opportunity to work from home? Oh, my. How many clients do we have who commute two hours each way to work? Right. I mean, so people are going to get a lot more freedom and time back into their lives. But I'd love to hear what you have to say about the Hierophant in terms of this five energy. See, with the Hierophant, I often see it as a card of um, following the rules and regulations. Sometimes it can be a little bit about doing, maybe um, doing what we think we should do, not always what we may want to do entirely. But in the end result, it's honoring that ritual and routine and structure that's necessary to build the foundation for where we're going next. You know what I find fascinating? The number five is a number I am fascinated with. One of my daughters is a triple five. Wow. Yeah. So I have really studied this number a lot. And it's a really interesting card. If I had to put one word to the number five, I would put the word surprising. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about the Hierophant card because it too is surprising. And it also means different things in different readings. Like in old tarot decks, it was called the Pope card. So it kind of represented the, it was like a shadow side of the emperor. You know what I mean? Like a, like a rigid law abiding religious rule of order. And then it moved into the Hierophant. But, but for me, sometimes this card indicates the person I'm reading for is a healer and they need to kind of break the rules and follow the healer within. And sometimes when this card pops up, it means the person is a spiritual teacher. 
and they need to take the rules that they've learned and kind of flexibly bend them and amend them to fit their new way of thinking and then help others do the same. And then sometimes this card pops up and it means you are following someone else's life path. This isn't your path. You need to really readjust and think about your your career path. So this card never means the same thing for me in a reading. And that's how I think about five years. It is not going to be the same thing for everyone. The other numbers are different. You know, if you're going into a, a two-year, well, everyone's going to experience partnership and love, teamwork, and work on working on balance and all of that. But the number five, it's really different for everyone. That is a good symbol of what we can expect in 2021. A lot of different things. It is. And sometimes when the higher front com- comes up or five, but if we're we're matching it up to this card, some questions can be, you know, where are you looking to get help or direction or education? Do you feel you've broken some rule or code of ethics, which I think as we step more into our individuality and autonomy, but we're working towards this collective unity, that is, there is going to be that feeling of, am I still being ethically true and, and following the rules? Is there a need for accountability can come up with this card? And are you upholding traditions or wanting to break free from them. So I I think this is very, very much a card and energy about learning. Yeah, I do too. And it's, you know, I have so many things I want to do in life and I pray I have time to do all of them. But one of the things I would love to do is a crystal tarot deck where you take all the cards and appropriate them with a crystal. And again, that's very easy for me with every card except this one. Like, the magician, clearly that's Labradorite to me, mm-hmm. right? Like, can't you see that? Or the Empress, Moonstone. But the Hierophant, I'm like, I don't know, Amazonite would work great with that. So would Black Tourmaline. I, it's, <laughs> it's very, very tricky. And that's how five years can be. They are all about seeking something new. So it's going to be a time for all of us to expand our horizons, to question our path, to look deeper at our purpose. Travel is great during a five-year. It's the best year for travel, which is a little unfortunate since many of us probably can't travel this year. However, you can still feed this yearning for adventure by planning an extravagant trip or create a Pinterest board of your dream adventure or work on a vision board or a goal book because soon you will be able to go on those adventures. We can expect some excitement this year and maybe some drama. Five years often give us something unexpected. Prepare yourself for surprises and change. The more we can all go with the flow this year, the happier we will be. Five is the number of the detective, so hidden secrets and truth may come to light this year. Fives, they're the gossip ones of all the other numbers, so if any of you have five in your personal numbers, you always have to get to the heart of a matter and uncover the truth. Five years give us a lot of opportunity to switch things up, to have fun, to experiment with new ways of thinking, being, and doing. So I thought it would be interesting, Denise, if we looked at the last time the world was in a five-year and try to see if it can give us some clues. So the last time we were in a five-year was 2012. And during this year, we were experiencing the Arab Spring. The U.S. consulate in Benghazi was attacked. Um, China's king, um, China's president, Xi Jinping, came to power, as did North Korea's Kim Jong-un. Facebook went public. 
Here in America, we saw huge advancements in legalizing same-sex marriage kicked off by Obama being the first sitting president to say same-sex marriage should be made legal. Penn State's Jerry Sandusky's evil secret finally came to light when he was convicted of abusing 10 boys. Lance Armstrong's secret doping use was exposed. The CIA director Petraeus had to step down after his secret affair was exposed. So as you can see in a five year, a lot of things that have been hiding in the shadows come to light. We also had a terrible, terrible series of mass shootings. Sandy Hook, the Aurora, Colorado movie theater shooting, and the temple in Wisconsin, all of which brought issues of gun control into the spotlight. So five years are dramatic years where established views are shaken up, rearranged, exposed, and changed. While we made positive advancements in healthcare and LGBTQ rights, we also saw a lot of discord, secrets, and violence come to the surface as well, which is kind of typical in a five-year where there are a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, that makes sense, Denise, because if we are heading into this new age of Aquarius, it's not going to be like turning on a light switch where everyone's going to put down their issues and go, oh, yes, we should all just get along. It's going to take a little time, but at least right. we're heading there. I agree. Now, the last five-year cycle we had before that was 1994, um, and that's when South Africa held its first multiracial election since apartheid. We also had the Civil War in Rwanda. The channel tunnel between England and France opened. We had the first genetically engineered tomato. And the first calf was born from cloned cells. O.J. Simpson escaped in the Bronco. Jordan and Israel signed a peace treaty. The Whitewater scandal investigation occurred. We had the North American Free Trade Agreement. Satellite TV was launched. The IRA declared a ceasefire in Northern Ireland but then we had the first World Trade Center bombing. So once again, we see many highlights, wars ending in Northern Ireland and Rwanda, France and England connecting, open elections in South Africa, pre peace treaties being signed, but also, again, secrets ex exposed through the Whitewater scandal and violent eruptions like the World Trade Center attack. You know, just hearing you speak about those things, it seems like forever ago, but remembering how poignant all of those points were at the time and, you know, the, the, just taking the one example of that first calf born from clone cells and look what the medical advances that have happened since then and look at the, uh, some amazing, amazing things that have shifted that have helped the first gen genetically engineered tomato no one was thinking about GMOs. No one was thinking about the impact on the land and on the farmers and on our health, not to go off on a, uh, a soapbox on that. But so many things that are introduced, people are, and I feel like that's part of this energy is, is new. There, Yes, there's some big shifts coming. Yes, there's going to be things that will seem different or new or extreme in this five year. But it has to be a stepping stone to grow and evolve. Exactly. And that's that's how I see this year as a stepping stone, a start back towards civility and humanity and connection and, and harmony. Because in 2022, we'll be in the universal year of six, which is such a happy number. That is the year of nurturing old wounds and caretaking ourselves and parenting others and ourselves and stepping into a leadership role and really embracing our personal power. 
So I think 2022 is really going to be the year when we see this start to gel and come to fruition. But I do think we're going to be able to shed a lot of this angst and anxiety and worry we've been feeling in 2020. Well, we, we have to acclimate to what 2020 has brought us. And we're still looking ahead at, at vaccines, at economic recovery, at, I mean, there's a lot, we've built the foundation with this year, which fours are about building a foundation in many respects. And now we have to go to that next step. It's almost like we're, a lot of times I'll, I'll picture things as ages. We're going into a toddler stage right now. We're learning some independence from everything we've learned over this last year. And we're going to build on that. Oh, that's a great metaphor. Uh, it's like we're learning to walk. So we might fall down a couple of times, but we're getting there. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And just remember, every number has its positives and negatives, just like everything in this world of duality. And so, yeah, you're right. A four-year is all about foundation and building that strong rock upon which we can really start to grow and flourish. But the negative side of the fours, fours can be super opinionated and judgmental. They really believe they're right. And they will really stick their their heels in the mud and dig down deep into their beliefs and not give up. And I think we've seen a lot of that with some of the infighting and, you know, uh, political stuff going on. Good point. Very good point. So five years, you know, they're they're interesting years. I think it's just interesting to, to note that five is a year of change, no matter what. And so change is coming. I just tend to feel it's going to be more positive change rather than negative change. Well, and I'm in that rare breed of people. I really do believe change is good. I think it's about growth. I think it's about evolving in a new direction. I'm, I'm not, I have people I, I love dearly that are very, they like things to stay the same. They don't like change. They like predictability. And I honor, honor, honor that. But I'm not wired that way. I'm more about if it's not working, switch it up. Do something different. Don't age out. I mean, just it's just a, it's a, a mindset. Neither one is right or wrong. But I think this five year we're going into is very much about switch it out. Yeah, I agree. Now, if you want to know about the personal year that you're entering, you just take your birthday month and your birthday day, and you add it to the current year and reduce to a single digit. So, Denise, what's your birthday month and day? My birthday month is 12 and my day is 8. Okay, so that would be 8, 9, 10, 11. So then you would add 11 to 5. Okay, so which would, would be six. 16, which means you're going into a personal year of seven. Okay. So that for you then is a great year to write a book. Seven, <laughs> it really is though. Seven is a year to kind of pull back from all the expectations and demands being placed on you by everyone else and just tuck into your core and focus on your inner wisdom so it's often the year of the solitary writer. It's the sevens are the mystics and the seekers and the wise magi of the numbers. And so it's a year to take all that wisdom that you've learned and put it down on paper. It's a year to connect back with nature. 
And it's one of the best years to learn a new modality, to study something new or teach something new. See, I always think about sevens as being very inner work, self-reflection. Yes, it is. It is about all of that, but it's also about taking that knowledge and sharing it with others when you're ready. So what will your year be? I am going into a three year, which is um, hopefully going to be a good year because three years are called get on the stage or get on the page years. Okay. It's it's all about connecting, uh, moving outside of your comfort zone, focusing on creativity, communication, connection. Um, It's usually busy years of socializing and, you know, so hopefully we'll be able to do all of that. I don't know. Right. I know our governor's sending us into another pretty hardcore lockdown. (laughs) So. Oh, I hadn't heard about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. We've got masks back on in gyms and I haven't been to a restaurant since this new mandate, but we have to wear masks inside restaurants. So they're recommending that we keep a mask on and then remove it when we take a bite and then put it back on while we chew. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what that'll look like. Yeah, we're, we're, I think everyone's, well, it's hard to say when this airs that a lot of us are going into it. And that reflects as well as that hibernation period of going within and, and really let's take care of this and get it done. Yes, get it done and see it in our rear view mirror, which right. has made me think like, how am I going to spend New Year's Eve? Have you given any thought to that? <laughs> I, I'm probably one of the most mellow New Year's Eve people you would ever meet in your life. I don't even ever think about it. I don't, I'm not a big New Year's Eve person. Well, I don't know how this, my, my um, oldest daughter is going to be gone New Year's Eve. She's going to Disney with her friends. Oh, wow. I know. So that's going to be weird and sad. I've never spent a New Year's without my, all my children. But yeah, I was thinking like, what do we do with this New Year's Eve? Because the new, the new mandates are pretty restricting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It'll Maybe it'll be a quiet reflection night as well at the, the Faye household. <laughs> <laughs> it'll work out as it's meant to. That's right. All right. So then 1985, was that was also a five-year? Yeah, 1985 was our last five-year um, before and that was when we had the unabomber the titanic was discovered twa flight 847 was attacked by terrorists but the aids epidemic gets significant help Uh, the world called for more blood donations and the fda developed a blood screening test the famine in ethiopia led to live aid concerts remember the we are the world song Mm -hmm. nintendo was released the Golden Girls aired its first season. Um, the, first per- <laughs> the first person to receive an artificial heart walked out of the hospital healthy and alive. Uh, and Windows 1.0 was released. Okay. So all of those last several things you mentioned, look where they are now. Uh, the first Nintendo, and now look at what... Do you know that uh, video gaming is considered a varsity sport now in high schools? Okay, yes. One of my daughters just (laughs) told me some kid in our town got a full college scholarship for gaming. Yes, esports, yes. 
that I've that's I don't know anything about that. I was like, what? Yeah. Yep. He's and, he's going to college for free to play video games. Right. But so much of the world is virtual now and that whole world. And I always, I, this is my age showing and I don't really care. But when I talk to people that are in their thirties and they'll say, Oh, well, my, my partner loves, he's a gamer or she's a gamer. And, and that's weird to me because when I was 32, 35, my life was very different, but that's makes sense because they would have grown up with this. That would be, that, that's always been the reality is to have video games. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I watched Snowden, the movie on Netflix. Okay. Just looking at the way they um, transformed video games into these drone attacks. It just terrified me. And it, made my conspiracy theory mind think like, what are we really being trained to do when we're training in these video games? And I know they connect people all over the world, but it still makes me sad to think about someone sitting in their playroom all alone with a clicker. Right. I just, I hope that this five year is more about connection and getting out and seeing people and making eye contact and, oh my gosh, maybe even shaking hands again or hugging and so the Golden Girls, and at the time, when you think about that, and yes, I agree, physical contact and, and unity with that is so, so important to heal and move forward. But when the Golden Girls first came out, the idea of, you know, four older women sharing a house together, and now that's a norm. They're called retirement. People are looking forward to that. Like, oh, well, I'm going to have a retirement house with my friends, and we're going to And then I start thinking about, this is so funny. Think about the music that goes with the different generations. So if you fast forward a little bit, (laughs) the the music that's going to be in the nursing homes in the next near future. All the time. (laughs) I think about that all the time. Are they going to be rocking out to rap and and hip-hop and Britney Spears when they're in their 80s. Right, because you people go back to what they're familiar, but we still have to get through the, the um, all the psychedelic years and the hard rock and the protest songs. That's the generation that's going in right now. Well, going back to the Golden Girls, you know, when they started that show, uh, B. Arthur was 63. Huh. Well, I think uh, Betty White was younger than that. And Rue McClanahan was in her late fifties. Wow. And I look at that show and I think, wow, look at women in their late fifties and early sixties. Now. I mean, look at Shane, mm-hmm. look at Goldie Hawn. Look, you know, it's, it's amazing how our idea of middle age and older age has shifted and changed. You know what? I, I was writing the other morning and I was thinking about age and I, out of my pen, it came, do you let your age define you or inspire you? And I really love that line. That's a great line. Because it fits for all of us. If you're making an excuse that you're too old or you're too young or you don't, let it inspire you instead. I just don't think about it. I had the weirdest thing two years ago. 
I was celebrating a birthday and my daughter was like, how old are you, Matt, now, mom? And I told her and she goes, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I thought I was a year older that entire year. (laughs) I had to get out my calculator. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I was like, I was given a whole year back. So I just try not to think about it. Sometimes it's easier to round up though, isn't it? Well, yeah. And I just, I don't know. It just doesn't. I think it's so insignificant, really, especially now. Right. I mean, people are having children later. They're they're exercising longer. Or they're, it's just amazing what we can do. And when we when we focus on our age, all those preconceived notions of what that age means, it can limit us. So I just try not to think about it. Right. My son, my older son, has a neighbor, and this man is in his nineties. And I love, love, love the stories about this man because he um, and he has a, a person that he shares his home with and they, uh, but they still like ride a trike and they go out on a four wheeler and he got in touch with my son and he said, I need, I need an oxygen, I need something to hold my oxygen bottle when I take Lorraine out on the four wheeler. Can you make me one of those? So he did. And, and this man is still active and bright and sharp and he's not letting he's not just sitting and waiting and he just got a very severe uh health diagnosis and he said i'm just gonna live out my life doing what i love with people i love where i love to be and is that beautiful yes it really is that's how we all need to be Mm -hmm. so are you setting a word for your year or specific goals uh, I'm embarrassed to admit this. I don't remember what my word was for last year. I would have to go back and find my word. So I guess probably the word thing, I don't know. I'm going to think about it though. I will think about it. And I have been thinking, what do I want to learn next year? All right. So do you have a word for this year? No, I haven't. I haven't picked one yet. I'm kind of I'm getting more fearful of picking words. My word for 2020 was joy. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like 2020 slowed me down enough to focus on the joyful moments. But 2020 was rough and it I don't think I'll look back on it as joyful. I feel like sometimes when you when you pick a word, it's like it's like that old story when you pray for patience, you know, God gives you impatience to teach you patience or things to be impatient about. So I don't know, maybe I'll just pick easy. (laughs) Well, I do know one of the things is year. Yes. And deciding what do I want to learn new? Because, you know, that's my deal every year. I have to learn something new. It was the motorcycle year. It was learning to drive, whatever it might be. So I'm looking forward to that. What do I want to learn this year that will be different and Uh, push my limits a little bit. Oh, I'm looking forward to that too. I think you're the only person I know who sets really specific goals and achieves them within a very short timeline. Well, that's that other part of my brain, that focus. And it's not, uh, thank you, because I don't see it that way. I really don't. You were like, I'm going to get an RV and I'm going to learn to drive it and I'm going to travel the country. And you did it. And you were like, I'm going to get a motorcycle. I'm going to learn how to ride it. And you did it. Every time you set a goal, you do it and you do it within that year. Well, I better damn well be careful what I plan to do, huh? 
I know. I think it's inspiring. <laughs> I'll be on the damn space shuttle going somewhere <laughs> if I'm not careful. <laughs> Bring me some moon dust. Oh, goodness. So I, I think we do have some wonderful, wonderful things to look forward to because we've we've made it. We're on the homeward stretch. And no matter what's put in front of us, we'll find it in ourselves to rally and get through it. Yes, that is so true. And we will rally because we all have each other. Right. Thank you so much for being a part of this community as we wrap up this year. We are so grateful to all of you listeners who email us and message us and support our work. We just we just don't have words enough to express our gratitude. And Denise and I will be hoping and praying that you guys have a happy New Year's Eve, however you choose to celebrate it, and that your start to the new year is filled with the miraculous wonder and gift of hope. Oh, so well, well said. And we're wishing you all health and happiness and peace into the new year. Thank you guys so much. As always, please remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.